Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 595. We're going to do our weekly recap of Fab and much, much more with a twist this week. Curlin's got too big-headed for us, so he's gone. we got we got somebody more important to talk about. <laughs> somebody actually knows what they're talking about when it comes to main events and uh, NFBC leagues. He, uh, he writes a nice little column like on his own little Word doc uh, every week and tweets it out. He like, tweets it out almost instantly when Fab's done. I don't know how the hell he got that in. Maybe I should talk to Greg Ambrosius. Maybe we should figure this one out. Yeah. But uh, he's got the inside track there. He's in a million leagues. We've had him on before. Everybody knows this guy, but I, I really want to pick his brain on how he does it, and he does it at a very good level. Like he's very, very competitive in these leagues. You can find him on Twitter at Zach Wax. Zach Waxman, how are we doing, my friend? What's up, Bubba? Good um, to talk to you again. Yeah, great to talk to you. I missed you in Vegas because I wasn't able to go last minute, but uh, maybe yeah. I'll run into you one of these days on the strips. But uh, how are things going? You know, we're at the halfway point of the season, and you're chugging along. Things are going okay. Yeah, in terms of fantasy, yeah, things are doing okay. Good. Look, just 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 okay because you know you keep yeah. you're, you're you're right up my butt in uh, our our early DC draft. You won't leave me alone there. It's you, Weimer, and Bloomfield. The four of us. Oh, are, that one, yeah. Yeah, the other one way too early. The, the ones were like degenerate draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I that uh, yeah. I look, see, there you go, right out the gate. Oh, that one. Yeah, because he's got so many of them. He's like, I can't remember the one we did during the actual season last year. No, I do remember that one. And uh, that uh, Sandy Alcantara in the, in the second round pick plagues me in the, on that one. I could have yeah, had, I could have had McClanahan. I could have had whoever. But it's still a relief. But then again, you got Tatis and Trout and all these other guys that fell to you to a, at a beautiful range. So yeah. I think you're doing okay. But what, what I wanted to talk about, like, um, many have said it, and you know, doesn't get to be under a rock not to realize it. The halfway part of the season's after this week's over, so we're almost at the, the All Star break. It's starting to get to the point where you've documented it. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about: is different things. Is first of all, I'll ask what made you decide to write your weekly like main event recap? Uh, good question. Um, I had always tracked it, and I was tracking it last year. I just never really like published anything, so I, like that's why I have all the comparative data. Um, I wanted to see what people are doing, and I think it is. Um, I rip on fab reviews saying they're useless, yeah. but I think it is helpful. Uh, I think it, it does have some predictive nature when you're looking at the trends and stuff like that. Uh, not a ton, but uh, I was doing it, and then I started sort of making some charts for myself, and I'm like, eh, this is kind of cool. And then I can, I can, if I'm not doing a podcast, I, I don't know, I can just sort of make some jokes and have some fun with it. 
And then, I don't know, like I it got people started liking it more than I expected them to. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And like, I don't even play in the main events, I play in some 15s. But I even use the information to help me. Like the OCs are freaking stupid when it comes to to bidding. There's really yeah. no rhyme or, rhyme or reason. Like you're in OCs. Um, I've had um, other people uh, that have been doing some awesome work try to use some OC data. You can't. It's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Um, Benefit might not, might not exceed the cost in terms of trying to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, but that's where I was going to go with this. Is like you tweeted it out this past week with Gavin Williams. And you've done it with other guys. It's like you've found a wheelhouse kind of in the main event bidding. So without obviously giving away your secrets, but like I've heard it talked about in other shows, you've mentioned it in your article, like you've won the same player in different leagues at far different prices. So there's some kind of method of the madness, obviously. And in 15, it's a little more in sync because of the, the league dynamics and, and, and everything where I said, no, see, it's stupid. Um, how are you, how, how's your fab approach? I should ask uh, week to week, like league dependent. Main event to main event. Um, like you don't have to give it away. Like, hey, I went, I went like this much. But like, do you, do you go look at everybody? How much everybody has? What team needs are? Because you have so many teams. You have. How do you break it down to make that work? Well, I I think I'm at this. At the, it depends on what stage you're at in, in in the game. Like, I think I'm in a bunch of leagues. I'm in three main events, so I don't have to like get this player if I really like them because. I figure I'm going to put a competitive bid in, and I know it's going to there's going to be a lot, enough variance in these leagues, especially because I'm in like six high stakes leagues, including the three auctions that are high buy-ins as well. So I figured I don't want I don't necessarily need instead of, I don't know if want or needs the right word, but I don't necessarily want them all all the leagues to have that player, even if I think they're a good player. I want to get somebody for what I think their their value is in terms of my team, and I I think you have to think of it in two different like. Um, windows one is like what is this player worth to me what, what categories do i need but also what is this player going to go for what, what's it what's his market value and what's his book value i guess the book value is a book value of my team and market value is what the people what everyone else is you expect them to think of it and if if these two numbers are sort of different then and like you think it could be it could go it could go both ways so you could you could value a player a lot a lot higher than the market or you or you gotta make sure you don't overpay if you if you um if you think the market's going to be lower than you are uh, in terms of value value so like if they are different do you want to do you want to pay up the market price is and that will depend on a lot of um, how much money you've left conversely if, if you think the market price can be lower than how you value see so like you value like a player a lot higher than what the market is then do you how low do you want to go how much do you want to play chicken that's sort of my approach and i i, I don't want to make huge bids on anyone like that I think are going to be the, the highest bid. Sometimes I do end up that way, but I don't really aim for that. I want to I want to get all these players at a, at a, re, a reasonable value in terms of where I think the market is. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And that's kind of what I, I try to do in 12s. Like I said, it's freaking stupid. So um, I have so many non, there's so many bids with no runner-ups. It's just like bizarro world. Um, when you're making these bids, there are a couple of things that you kind of said there. And I seem like the guilds is obviously extremely successful uh, in, in, in FPCs also. And he talks about it. Are you more interested in getting the super like elite talent or are you more focused on team needs? Like when you're looking at bids, because some guys like will go, hey, I want to get this guy. He's going to be a game changer for my team. And I can go dollar bidding on stats over here. Or are you more, fo more focused on saving your money for your team needs specifically? I think at first it's going to be getting the talent. Like when you're in your restart stage of the season, that's, that's what I focus on a lot more. Um, 
but as you go on and, and the season gets shorter, um, you're going to focus more on the team needs. And that's something that I continue trying to get better at that because a good example is like last year, um, I would be um, trying to think of a player, but like maybe equated to this year, it's something I learned and sort of toned down this year and like, okay, Zach Nito's on uh, coming up. He's one of the guys that people are going to be bidding on. But my team has, like, I'm pretty solid with shortstops. Who do I think is going to come up later? Like, I know that McLean and Ellie and Roy's story still, like, I know that's all coming up. So it's like, do I, I temper my bids because, like, based on, like, I'm, I'm pretty solid in the middle. Whereas last year I might be, I maybe fell into the trap of, like, okay, this player is, like, a, a hot new prospect. I think they're going to be good. I'm just going to get them regardless of my team needs or anything like that. But I think you got to be really cognizant of like not only your future team like build or your current team build, but also the future of like what's going to come down the pipeline and fab. And I think that, that might be why people bid on Matt Mervis so heavily. Um, um, I got him in a couple of leagues, but people bid a lot more because like what's going to like corner infield? What's I guess like third base? You got Incarnation Strand coming, but like first base, like what's coming out like people are going nuts over Joe Lovato. And I guess maybe that's why, because like, I don't see anything in the future at first base. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great point. Positional. I hate the word scarcity. That's not the right word to use, but like positional upside, I guess, uh, at the position is definitely a thing. I know that's hundred percent the Matt Mervis case and he can still be great. He can come back and we're going to get him for a couple bucks this next time around and yep. he, he could crush. That's, that's the kind of the, the good and the bad of taking these chances on these young players. Uh, the pitching side has been just bonkers this year. Uh, I guess I've been kind of fortunate I got in on the early guys because these later guys have not been as consistent as and some of the other guys are starting to flare out too. So it's kind of all over the board in that regard. But I guess it definitely does have to do with just the changing landscape of the game and the the availability of these players getting called up and uh, just the a million injuries we're suffering all over the place. That's kind of a survival of the fittest almost. Um, when you're – you're, you're doing the team needs versus the talent. I'm with you there because that's something I'm trying to work on also is I, I, I'm trying to be more aggressive early in the season. That's always been a thing. I'm, I'm always sitting there and it's like the old idea is, well, when the season goes on, the bids get cheaper anyway, so why do I need a, a million dollars at the end? It's just like the mentality of it all changes a ton. Um, how many fab leagues do you have total right now? Because you mentioned three mains, a couple of or, uh, auctions. What do you got total? 35. 35 fabs. Um as this season goes on, because this is one thing you've documented, but doing your article and tweets, you mentioned that, you know, at this point of the season, this many guys finish in the top, you know, 25 and so on and so forth. Like you can start to see as the season goes on, obviously it makes a ton of sense. Things start to kind of level out. And this is kind of the people that can compete. So for someone like you who does have, you know, OCs and DCs and main events, you have teams that have a chance to compete. Um, what happens to those other teams that don't? My teams specifically. Yeah, do you um, just stop like caring as much, or do you still no, put the same effort? No, I'm still, I'm still playing that's every not, single one. I'm sort of, it's sort of an assembly line for me because I, when I'm doing fab, I don't have a lot of time to to, yeah. to work on each league. I can't, I can't stew about one main. I can't be Mike Curlin and stew for eighteen <laughs> it's unbelievable hours a day what Curlin on does, one man. team. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I gotta put like my main events are like the same as the OCs and the OLACs. Like I'm, it's assembly. I got four hours on Sunday to work on it basically give or take and it's it's an assembly line and sometimes like at like even at this stage like when i go through like i have like 10 or so online options i don't even know what place they're in when i'm when i'm when i'm when i'm doing that i want to yep i look at well no i know what to the place i'm, I'm in joking. Yeah, I'm I, know. Joking. I look at standings but I, like when i'm doing fab I'm, i don't yeah. even have them ordered like in terms of 
gotcha. where, they're, where they're facing. I know what my fab is. I can look at what other people have left. I, I look at my, my team roster. I look, look at what I need, but I don't look at, I honestly do not look at what place I am in at all. When no, I'm, that's... So I, I'm, I'm bidding when I'm in last place or whatever. And like, I think me and you were in that guilds degree, won the overall last year, both of yep. us were in that. And he's like, what the fuck guys? Like, why, why, yeah. are you, why are you bidding? I'm like, why not? I don't know. Like I'm just bidding these. I mean, so many leagues, I can't even tell which leagues I should be bidding and which ones I shouldn't. Or if I, uh, it, I, think it, it, be, I think you should play them out. Oh, I, because uh-oh. the main event, like you want to, people track that. Keep the integrity of it all. And people track it too. Like you want, like you, you play this for the money, but you also play it because everyone's like an alpha personality. You want to do well and you want to, get respect and like you you don't want to have your record when people look at it like oh 12 11 30. like i want to at least be like middle of the pack like when, when you look at your when you look at your portfolio of your history yeah uh, that's kind of like the guilds league for instance that was my first year doing ocs was last year and so to me it was like hey we're getting smoked by the guy that's winning the whole freaking thing like there's no chance so now how can i learn to at least try to improve from where i'm at now towards the end of the season like how can i work on bidding on fab and yeah like you said he got pissed at us because we weren't really – we had no, no chance to win. That one, that one guy, one other guy got pissed at. Yeah. And not not like, us specifically. Yeah, he kept saying, like, you guys keep bidding on guys. Like, what are you doing? You're making, like, he's he open for dollar bids like he's getting now. as He tweets out every weekend. I'm like, yeah. what leagues are these, you idiots? It's I thought that was Photoshop when you got Sheehan. So did I. Yeah, I thought it was like you had done. Like, you Photoshopped those before. I'm like, yeah. that, I'm like, I'm like is he Photoshopping shit? Like, was, hey, what, I don't think he would do that. I don't, think I don't think he's a guy that takes the time to do that, but he actually no, didn't. He, he wouldn't. It was like Sheehan, Matos, and like all the big like young players two weeks ago. You got for a buck with no runner. I was just crazy. At least it wasn't one of his top overall teams. He, I'm like, at least yeah, it's your team's like in like 700th overall. And he's like, yeah, but I'm still in first place in my league. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy. Yeah, he just keeps doing it, man. It's wild. But um, uh, something I want to comment on, this is the, the tongue-in-cheek fun of it all because Zach is a very, very smart, good player, but he's also got a sense of humor, which makes him a lot of fun. Um and one thing he puts in his weekly article is a glossary of terms <laughs> a lot, which I think is hilarious because I'm very sarcastic. And obviously in Twitter, that's hard for anybody to understand for any of us. I think we're just either assholes or we're crying or whatever. And I'm like, no, it's not who I am. But one thing that makes me laugh, because I know you've made a joke about it slash probably don't feel great about it either way. I don't know because it's sarcasm. You mentioned you place a competitive bid on someone. How does that differ from a keep them honest bid? Um, well, it's just how you phrase it. <laughs> I keep like, I keep them on, like the, the term in itself, keep them honest, is not keeping anyone honest because they don't oh, yeah. know what you're bidding until it's revealed. And oftentimes it's not even revealed. But a competitive bid is I don't want to I don't want to bid more than I think the, that he's worth for my team. Mm-hmm. And I want to get a good value because I'm playing a, a large um, portfolio of teams. I think a competitive bid is not the same as a keep them honest bid. I don't think a keep them honest bid even exists. Yeah, that's why I just loved it because when you said it, I laughed because there's so many, I guess, like just terms a lot of us just say because it's like a brainwashed into our heads. Yeah. And then when you said it, I'm sitting there going, that's true. If I really wanted a guy, why the hell am I keeping him honest? Because that's stupid. It's uh, like competitive makes more sense. Like, okay, I'm not going to spend a hundred bucks on this guy. But I'm gonna keep it competitive, so if no one else bids on. I'm gonna get the dude. Like, well, I want I want to win. Like all the yeah. bids I'm making, I want to win. But they keep them honest bids. I don't feel like they even like want. Yeah. If you don't want the player. That's another thing. It's like like sometimes like um, you put a bid on a player because you know that he's going to be sought after. Um, and I'm saying you like in, in the yeah. general sense like, but this player doesn't fit your team, and you don't they want, like Edward Julian like sometimes or like put bids in, and then you get stuck with them because. You never expected it. That's like, I guess, yeah. like, a, well, that I, don't was like you, I don't know what you call that. Like, it's not a, it's not a keep them honest bid because you didn't keep anyone honest. You, well, that's a, that's a no shit bid. 
is what it turns yeah. into. Like I didn't, I didn't want them because I, I'm with you. I is a couple of weeks ago is team by team. Like certain leagues, I have pitching really good. Certain leagues, I have hitting very good. So like I didn't want Emmett Sheehan. I had no need for Emmett Sheehan. I didn't want to get stuck with Emmett Sheehan. So I didn't even bid on Emmett Sheehan, and he went for a buck in that league. Like I would have got stuck with him. That's what would have happened. And stuck might be the wrong word. He might turn out to be a beast, and I'd be totally wrong. I'm just. I wasn't as high as other people are. Like I'd rather, as goofy as it sounds, like give me Paul Blackburn or give me some of these other guys I can go roll with for a week and stream. And well, I wouldn't. Like when I'm, if I'm bidding on someone like Paul Black, I'm opposite. I'll, I'll disagree because I I didn't bid I didn't bid a dollar on Paul Blackburn, but I wanted Sheehan. And um, even if even if like I didn't, I think getting stuck with someone for me is like, like let's say I think this player is going to be worth one hundred and twenty dollars in the market. And whatever I value them, it doesn't matter because I'm sort of out of money. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put a bid in. I think like, if I think he's going to go for 120, let's say Gavin Williams, for example, mm-hmm. but I was out of money in a lot of leagues. And let's say I had like 120 left and I like Gavin Williams. And I think like, I thought he was going to go for 120 ish. Let's say I'm going to put 50 or $60. In. And I'm like, ah, like, I don't think I'm going to get him, but I know he's worth more than that on my, like on my team. And in the market, but even, but when you factor in my fab and what I could bid, what I could use that fab on for the rest of the year, it's probably not a smart move to get it. But sometimes I'll dumbly bid that amount, like fifty or sixty dollars, and that's when I would say I would get stuck with a player uh, because yeah, it sort of fair. it sort of hinders you for what you want to do for the rest of the year. So I was bidding on Gavin Williams, and I've been aggressive. In fact, I don't have a lot of money left right now, um, so I was sort of hoping. Like uh, I don't want to get him. I was sort of base, basing my backup bids based on not getting him. But if I did get him, um, like if my if you, if I did get him and my backup bids one two, I could be like really really short on fat. And that's sometimes what happen. What what happens? And um, last year, like uh, when I last year was uh, Max Meyer and Esteroid Ruiz that that week. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make some competitive bids. I ended up winning them on more teams than I expected, and for. And it really drained my fab. So that, that's something that you really have to be careful of, just making these, like, bids that, like, even though the player is good and you you value that player maybe more than the market and it's going to fit your team, but just it's how much it's going to, like, if you get one or two players that week, how much gonna, how much it's going to drain your fab and how much, what that fab could be used for for the rest of the year, especially when you're at the time, like, all-star break, sort of when they came up last year. And that hurt me a lot last year when I, when I won some of those players, mainly because they sucked. Hurt, but um, yeah, no, and that's a great point. That's kind of been why I've always been, I guess, cautious to spend money. But this year's just been the year everyone just spends money. Like, you guys have all documented it. The main event, most leagues are like the average, like, everyone like 75% of fab's gone, if not more, after this past yeah. week. 80. I haven't seen updated 80% now. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. so that's crazy. Roughly, I guess, I don't need you to give all 35 leagues. Where are you standing with fab remaining, uh, right now? Low, low, um. I, I used it up, but I'm gonna. I'm, but I. Th- but I expect bids to be cheap. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably hundred bucks left here and there, maybe less. One of my main events, I have twenty five dollars left. But um, I'm. But some of those some of those leagues, I'm sitting like I'm getting to a point finally where like I'm looking at leagues where like I I don't really have any drops for these leagues. So there's there's going to be tough drops to make on these leagues in these leagues. And um, yeah, to, how do like I think that like especially because the spend is more aggressive this year. So we're at like 80% versus like 72% last year in the main event. And last year we spent a total of 95% or 94, 95% of the total money. So like not even everyone spends their money. You got dead teams, you got people giving up people that like that, um, that don't find fantasy baseball fun again um, anymore. Um, 
Uh, so like they just, um, it's just getting too negative. So they just quit. So you get lots of stuff like that. Um, uh, so you think like you're at 80 and maybe like this year, 96, 97% gets sent. So there's only like 17% left. So it's sort of like when you're in, like, it's sort of like an auction mindset where you're in an auction. It's like, where do you, like, do you, do you, um, where do you, where do you, where do you think dollar days are going to end up? Right. It's sort of like a hard thing to describe, but you're going to, like, you're going to see more deals later on. So you're one or two, like you're you're like two or three dollars are going to become winning bids sooner than they were last year. Like they think at the end of last year, like the last maybe like one, two, three weeks. Last year was sort of weird because they had that three day week at the end. Mm-hmm. But um, this year, like the last maybe like five or six weeks, you could be seeing like three to five dollars winning a lot of good players, which might differ from last year. So it's like it's sort of like being at the beginning of an auction where like you, you want to get, you, you want to get one good like first round player and you see like Trey Turner go and you see Yacuna go and like, okay, well, I don't want to get stuck with nothing. And, and this year there's, there's so many good like rookie pitchers that are coming up. And it's like last year, what, what, what was it? Like Gilbert, right? So yeah. one team gets Gilbert and like Max Meyer was bid on, but he ended up being useless. And like, Dustin May was up at the end of the year. There was really nothing, but this year you got Perez, you got Bryce Miller, you got Gavin Williams, all these uh, guardian guys. So it's like, now you got, it's sort of like you got to get one of them to be competitive with your, like, especially a 12 team league. You don't want to be shut out of them. It's like, you you got to, you got to spend, everyone's got to spend. So now because everyone's got to get one of them, everyone's going to be left with less money at the end. So your money's, your dollar's going to get stretched further at the end. And, and really it's like first time I'm sort of, First time that like I've only been playing in FBC for a couple of years, so it's like this is different. This is a new realm, yeah. but you sort of got to got to estimate like, yeah, like you're going to see some different bidding near the end this year than you did last year. Yeah, and you already saw it kind of this last week in 12s and 15s. The prices were down outside of obviously the Gavin Williams and uh, Henry Davis, who we'll talk about later. But uh, it's been happening for a few weeks in my 12s, like runner up bids. I'm, I've even lowered bid to like three, four, five bucks. They're still getting no runner ups. Like I saw Vlad Zedler, even his OC was getting no runner-ups. You look at the main events, uh, you guys were tweeting out, certain guys were tweeting out their um, their their wins of the week, and they were still like, you know, 15 bucks, 16 bucks, which, you know, in the past might not have been the same type scenario. So you're already seeing that decrease in pricing, like you said, and it'll just continue to just drop, 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 and guys are trying to – and that's the other thing is as the season goes on, the guys that are staying competitive, they're almost more looking at stats than players. So you can like say, Hey, these guys in my league needs closers. I don't need them. I need an outfielder. Like I get them for a buck or two. It's a lot different in that scenario. So that'll change things up a bit as well. Um, kind of on that vein though, if you want to try to save money, kind of dollar days, what are you doing? Cause like everyone's got their theory on this. How are you approaching stashing? Like you got the O'Neill cruises that are coming back soon. Uh, Tariq Skubal's coming back soon. Eduardo Rodriguez and many others, not just tigers. There's a lot of guys that are injured coming back you know, like Lodolo is still August sometime, but dudes on the IL, basically, how do you feel of stashing them for super cheap right now? Right. So, and, and that also like in terms of adding them or holding them, I think, I guess both. Yeah, right? That's true. So, that's two different things. Like how long do you want to just hold them? If you already drafted them, and I guess, and are you willing to add them and hold them? Things? Yeah. So I think like, um, I think you saw, I think was it Gilds who posted that he added like, uh, He's been adding Brennan Fought everywhere. Yeah, because he's got it. He's he's, build, he's sort of same strategy I've had. Like you got to be aggressive with your fab. He doesn't. He doesn't the guy doesn't have a lot of flat fab left. Like so, the first he got Julian Nito and um, Tash Bradley all on the, on the same team. He hit them all. Um, so that team probably doesn't have a lot of money left. 
Um, but yeah, like if, if you don't have a lot of money left under a hundred dollars, you got to get the, the earlier you need to be in on these stashes because you saw like O'Neill Cruz was going for a dollar a couple of weeks ago. Now Steve Weimer bought him for 20 and next, next week, O'Neill Cruz, the closer he's going to be returning, like he could be going for, for big money as, as it, as it, um, as the time gets closer to him coming back. So I, I'll look at like my teams, like for example, like Hunter Green, I got Hunter Green on a lot of teams. Now I just saw that he might be back not until August. Yeah, he's on a Lodello track now, which came out of nowhere to me too. So yeah. I got him on a team. Let's say I got him on a team with like seventy-five dollars left, or even like one hundred twenty-five dollars left. If I drop him, and let's say he sits on waivers for a week or two, he probably gets picked up right away. But I can't. Like I just find it very difficult to drop a player like that, be it mm-hmm. Hunter Green or Neil Cruz, Riley Green, E Rod, whatever. If it's if it's going to take me more money, then I can afford to get him back. And so I can't even get this player back. So wouldn't wouldn't like logic dictate that if if you can't reasonably afford to buy this player back in two weeks, you should probably he's probably valuable on your bench. That's a good point. That's a great way to, I guess the uh, like it's almost like an opportunity cost analysis of your league and that player. So definitely an angle to look at there. But like on the flip side, you kind of hit on it. But are you? aggressive on picking players up knowing they'll return in say anywhere from two to six weeks or like what do you what's kind of your philosophy i get it's probably player dependent team dependent but what's yeah. your philosophy it's it's team dependent like um like let's say like there i was i was grabbing story everywhere um a couple weeks ago like two weeks ago because he was available in some leagues no main events but because i felt like he could go for big money once he when he comes up and if he wasn't in the player pool so i was grabbing him to stash him but I had, a, I had a team that I had, like like I was talking about, I think I had McLean and all these other middle infielders. And he wouldn't even, he might be better than one of them coming back, but it was an OC. So I didn't even bid on him. So it is team dependent, but it also player dependent. Like, like I'm not dropping Hunter Green just because I don't know, I like him and I'm, I'm holding on to him. But I did drop Riley Green in big leagues like when he got hurt because of whatever a month or month or more timeline he's not that much he wasn't doing that much that i can really afford having him on the bench i might be you might churn your 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 fab every week and i'm adding two or three players a week i might hit on a player that um like your boy nolan nolan jones i might hit it like he might be stopping me from getting nolan jones he might be better than him right now anyway so it, it does matter like how what like sort of the player's ceiling is There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need Indeed. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. So he was a guy that he was a guy that I didn't hold, but then conversely, I added him back this week. So it's like, no, that makes that makes that makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, it, that, that's where I have the trouble stashing on certain teams because I'd rather have like the Nolan Joneses or some other guys I can use now. But then again, I it's hard like thinking long term. It's is it worth stashing this guy and not having I guess two weeks of Nolan Jones? I guess it's the example we're using, but yeah. um, that kind of deal. It's it does take a lot of what ifs and you know don't second guess when you make the the pick. You made the pick or make the move uh, for sure. I was I was perusing your article there and. Um, it is interesting because you said Gavin Williams. Um, we'll talk about these guys later, but um, went for one twenty six on average in most leagues, and you listed off all the big time prospects after that. Obviously, the ones that went earlier got more money because people had more money. The old theory: you get more time with them. Like it all makes sense in the long run, grand scheme of things. Um, I guess just for fun, how do you foresee? Because I know, like you and some others, will just because this is the way your mind work, your minds work you'll do this stuff later uh, in the off season. How do you think this is all going to pan out? All this crazy prospect spending. How do you like, are we going to think about it next year going, was it worth it in the grand scheme of things? Or um, is it more of a, it was a necessity, not a actual need or uh, you didn't have to do it. It was just a necessity type thing. Um, I think we'll definitely think about it. And I think that um, the NFBC people, like it's so incestuous, like main event, like I think there's like 795 entries, but how many people are in that? I don't know. Like how many? Oh, so yeah, it's not that not as many as you think. Yeah, that's why it's sort of like more uh, useful to to look at what's going on because people in multiple leagues. Anyways, um, to the question, like, do you, like I think it's 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 hard to assess. Like a lot of these prospects are doing well. These pitchers compared to last year, like who were the big guys? Like I think I listed the five. You have big, Kirby Gorman, Alec Thomas, Juan Yepes, and Jose Miranda. Right. Yeah. So I think I misspoke. I think I said Gilbert. I think he met Kirby before. Um, I don't know if what I said, but yeah. So like those, like Miranda, I remember adding him and dropping him last year. Um, and then Kirby, uh, Kirby was good, but like, I don't know, it wasn't like, they weren't really big difference makers, but here like Yuri Perez, he looks amazing. Like he looks really, really good. Bryce Miller also looks really, really good. Um, but then like, I think like these big names, I think we're going to want to, like, I think people are going to want to do more legwork up front to see, like, what the pipeline of players of coming up coming up are uh, or could. Like, I don't, th- I don't think we expected players coming up this early, no, uh, especially Yuri Perez. Like, I, I read an article during the offseason that Sandy Alcantara quoted. He's like, 
oh, like, I, like hopefully Yuri Perez is up in September. So when I read that, I sort of backed off into the DCs when I when I when I was in on him a lot of the early ones. And then now I wish I had more of him. But like I think it's it's really tough to predict. And a lot I knew a lot of people saying Ellie Dela Cruz is a waste, like uh, in these DCs. Yeah, I don't think he is. I think he's pretty darn good. But no, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I'm agreeing yeah, so with it's, what it's you're saying. It's hard to say. Like like we like all these players. It's been really exciting in terms of all these prospects. And I think if you draft drafted prospects in the DCs, you're happy. Rather than boring is beautiful, boring is not so beautiful in these DCs right now. No, um, not at all. Um, when you played them, so I don't know. Um, I think like, how we're gonna how we're gonna what when when all when it all shakes out, like what are we gonna think about like spending all this on Fab? I think because everyone is. I think if I think um, I think if you if you got like one or two of these guys and you're sitting with like. 200 bucks right now you're sitting pretty because like everyone like that's average so it just i think the spending is higher so i think i think you wanted to get on i think you want like if you spend on one i think you're happy you got one it's just a matter of like which one's the best one and well there's still yet to be seen yeah i'm sitting around 200 to 300 in most leagues with a, like a tanner bybee or somebody so i'm hoping that gives me some ammo for later oh, on oh, two, if you have 200 you're great right now that's the goal. That's yeah, the goal. Two hundred, you're sitting pretty. You're going to be able to get a couple of. There'll be a couple of other guys that are going to be very exciting coming up. You still and, exactly who. And that's the thing. I think, like you know, Joey Votto this past week, and this is where I think the the we always like to play. You know, Monday morning quarterback off season discussion and breaking things down. It is going to be interesting though because everyone's spending big on the prospects and for good reasons, like we discussed. But it's also kind of the shiny to, new toy syndrome where you get kind of these prospect or these uh, old veteran. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Put that on the glossary. Um, And then, but then you get the, uh, you get these veterans. He's kind of boring. Like you said, boring is beautiful thing, but you can get them for so much cheaper week in and week out. And it'll be interesting to see if teams that maybe were more focused on the boring is beautiful compared to the shiny new toy uh, on how that turns out. And that's, that's obviously still a a ways away, but what brought it to my mind is, you know, you, you have your breakdown here. You talk about all these, the, the Gavin Williams this past week, but other guys I got added this week in, in main events like Mount Castle, he went for a pretty penny, uh, Severino, um, Kikuchi, Gorman got re-added, Michael Garcia, but all these guys, they all went, except for Mount Castle, they all went for less than Gavin Williams. So it just makes you wonder if sometimes it's kind of better, I don't know if better is the right word, but uh, definitely more intriguing to kind of go that other direction. It's always it's always good to have more money later, but like you just you never you never know what's going to happen. And I think uh, you, you hear people talk about capitalizing on drops, right? So Esther, if you need stolen bases, like Esther, like Esther might be dropped in some leagues because like yeah, I see teams you only need are, so many steals. <laughs> I see teams that are like plus 40, yeah. 50 in stolen bases because they have your Ruiz and they got other guys still on their team, so he's not getting any home runs. He's not really that great in terms of any of the other categories. So. Like I've benched him in a main event this this week. Um, I can see him. I can see him getting dropped late August. And then what does he go for for a team that needs stolen bases? That's true. So That's like you say, there's nothing left to happen. But then you don't know. Like you saw people dr- drop Edwin Diaz last year. You saw like a lot of good closures. Like people just decide to punch saves, bombs away. There they go. There's your there's Ruiz. There's Emmanuel Clase on waiver waivers. What do you do? That's a great point. That's a great point. That's why it's it just seems like such a, a different year this year. It's going to be pretty wild. Um, with all this work you've been doing, what are some of the other like major trends maybe you've been seeing? I know like you've already documented that the spend rates are up compared to years past, but are you seeing like anything stand out trend wise uh, from year to year? 
Well, just um, more players that are going for big money. So you've seen a triple the amount of players that are, have gone for big money. There's only so much money that uh, you can spend. But also I've seen that this, the number of ads are not decreasing. Like the, the number of actual ads are, are staying static week over week this year. Um, so that tells me that people are still active right now. And um, it just, it just for sure, the, the average winning bid per player is going to go down. So I see like, you're going to see, I, I think you're going to see some incredible like bargains like later on. Like, like even when Trevor Story comes back, you might see, you might see him go for like 50 or 60 bucks. Like once he comes, he's going to come back a lot. Like after the All-Star break, July, maybe, maybe he mm-hmm. goes into August. Like by that time, like teams are probably going to have, like if teams are spending like 20% of their budget, or sorry, 20, 20 um, yeah, is it, um, Two percent, say like two percent on on average per week. Now we went down. We went from seventy-seven to eighty percent, and then maybe we were at eighty-two to eighty-five. Maybe we're like eighty-seven percent by the time story gets back spent, and we're not even going to be spending hundred. So we got like ten percent left to spend of our total budget. True. Like story could be going for fifty, sixty bucks in some in some main events at that point, just given what's left. And if you compare that to like the production you're getting from Royce Lewis. When you bid on Royce Lewis and you can sort of project what story might go for in some leagues, uh, maybe that maybe that may, maybe that would change your mind on on buying Royce Lewis. And maybe that's something that you don't like. You, can, you never know what's going to happen. You don't know if these big players. You don't know if Mountcastle is going to drop in your, drop get dropped in your league. You can't bank on Ruiz getting dropped. You can't bank on closers getting dropped. So you only can truly really burden the hand, and that's what I like to go with. It's burden the hand. I'm not going to save my money just in case these things happen. I want to build a team that can win. And I want to build a team that like with the players that are available now, I'm not going to stop $300 on Yuri Perez or stop myself bidding just because I think like some player might get dropped by, by accident. That's very fair. That's a very, very good point. So that's why I was just kind of curious to see uh, how that's all been playing out and the, uh, the ramifications, I guess, of the, of the situation. Uh, one thing I want to ask before we get into some fab recap from the week I did notice on your article here that you added Ryan Helsley. How are you feeling about Ryan Helsley? You got him for five bucks. That's cheap as hell. Oh, keep, so. You got to keep him on his yeah. That's definitely, you got, you got stuck with him. You got to keep, keep him on <laughs> I don't know. Um, that was a team that, um, forget, I don't know. If, that was a team I think I needed saves in. Um, yeah. But um, I think it's uh, five bucks. I was like five bucks isn't bad at all. Like that's Let's, just... like I, I, there's no structural damage. I was like I I talk I talked with a couple guys about Fab before we do it. I'm like, ah, what's what do you think he's gonna go for? Like I said five to seven bucks is probably what he might go for. I'll take him at that. I'm not gonna spend any more because he's a stash, like he's a stash that might be a drop soon, but like I don't have a ton of faith in Hicks, like walks a lot of players. I don't really see that as a long term thing. Gallegos is like they're not even really using him as a closer, so it's like even if like if he comes back and he's healthy, he's probably going to get like half the saves. He's worth five bucks, but he's a guy that like I could see myself dropping. Yeah, that's fair. I was just curious. I saw that and I was like, so there's yeah, like but then I saw, some, I saw some like other shittier news after Sunday. Yeah. That, like I think there was some more bad. Like it sounded like worse. So 
know what? I'll probably I'll probably drop him. Five bucks though. Who cares? It's, it is what it is. Um, I saw yeah. Bobby Bobby Big Bucks made a bold move that paid off pretty well. Now AJ Smith Shaver dropped him, yeah. and that might actually be the right thing. We'll wait and see on that one as well. So that's why I, I love. Believe, like, I couldn't believe what he went for in terms of the the fab. Like, that crazy. was another guy I barely bid on. I was just yeah. like, yeah. I got him uh, with two keep him honest bids. Um, I got him in two leagues for like the other like twenty bucks. But like, I couldn't believe that. Like, I don't know. Like, like the logic I'm using would would dictate that I wouldn't buy Brian Wu as well because um, same innings limit. Like, they're all, they're all all these guys are like at their innings limit too. Like um, yeah. Sheehan Wu, um, uh, Smith Shaver. Um, there's others, right? That are that are like Abbott. Actually, looks like he has the most uh, innings left when you look at it, just from a simple math perspective. But like all these guys are going to hit their hit their innings like very soon. Um, but I don't know. The Smith Miss Smith Shaver. He's not like the, uh, like the other the other aspects of him. I just didn't like. I, I couldn't believe how, how much he went for. Uh, he went for more than Sheehan, and I like Sheehan more. Um, but, I agree uh, with that part. Yeah. You see, like Julio Arias went from 88 innings to like over 200. In, 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 yeah, in, you just don't see that. Saw Manoa with huge jumps. Um, I don't know. Like, are these like if these if these players are doing really well? Like, how do how do they really just like completely shut down these players? Yeah. I guess they did with Strasburg back then, but like, like yeah, it's a different world. We I live think when, in you're, now. When, you're, when they're at such like such a low number of innings the year before, like when they threw like forty or sixty, like I tend to like throw out these like innings concern, like especially like when Bur- when when Burns was everyone was worried about his innings. Like I think you just want to get the, the quality, like like when Paddock Paddock was injured a lot through the minor leagues, and then I think he threw like if I don't don't uh, forget the numbers, like I think he went up like one twenty one forty ish the next like when his first stud year, and he was like hurt all through the minors. He didn't have that many innings the year before. So I think it's like one thing for people are saying like, okay, you can't go from like 100 to 170, but I think you might be able to go from like 50 to like 120. That's fair. Or something like that. And this is just me being like um, completely like a doctor, right? Well, the, doctor, the, doctor. the thing I'm is like, none of us know. So you, like you have to, like, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like I'm obviously like a dog. Like I, like I, know yeah. the, I know, I know the medicals when it comes to this, right? Obviously I know, I know what I'm talking <laughs> about. But I don't know. It just seems like, like, like if I'm a pitcher, like I, I can throw 120 innings regardless of how many I threw before. Like, that's true. I don't, that's, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to justify it, but no, it, it, it makes sense. Cause the, the big thing is, is we're seeing it with just the call-ups in general. Some, some of these guys are coming from double a, they're not even playing in triple a. Mm-hmm. So the, they're making the point, uh, the, the teams are that they want their, they their, want their, their pitches in the bigs. They don't want to waste yeah. their innings in the minors. And so, yeah, we'll see how it works. I think you got a, a wiggle room, kind of what you're saying. It's not like a strict number by any means. If they're pitching well, maybe they skip a start or they go three innings, one start, or they go a full start the next time. Who knows? It might be a pain in the butt for us, but it might be a way to, to lengthen it out for the full season and, and see how see how it goes for sure. Let's talk about a couple pickups from the week before we uh, we head out this way. The top added player in OCs this week, and you can give your main event twist, OC twist, whichever you prefer. Uh, Gavin Williams was added in all 507 uh, OC leagues, as high as 318, as low as a dollar. We know who Gavin Williams is. I think he was just amped up in his first start. So the, the commander's all over the place. Some people have different thoughts. They, they don't think he's going to be as good as advertised. We'll see. Uh, I think he's very good. I, I think uh, he's not a bad price. I didn't get any shares. But um, he's going Tuesday. We're recording Tuesday afternoon. He's, record, he's pitching Tuesday night. So we'll see how start number two goes for Gavin Williams. What were your thoughts on him this week? 
Um, my thoughts were that I didn't have enough money to buy him, and I knew that because mm. I just were the, the way I spent my money. I didn't, uh, but I think he's. I, I he was my favorite uh, Cleveland pitcher uh, in the minors heading into this year. So he's my he was my favorite DC target. So I was sort of annoyed when um, Bobby and uh, Allen were getting called up. So th- this at least helps my DCs, but I don't have enough money in, in here. But saw his start like that. The velo dipping actually. You can't ignore that, in my perspective, in my in my opinion. I think you, you hear people say, oh, like, I think you just said it. Oh, he was amped up, but you talk about like, oh, player was amped up. He's got these uh, mentals and all that stuff, and like he uh, really wants to reform because of blah blah blah. Because of um, this is like he's like a struggling actor, and he, this is his last chance, right? He's, he's struggling. He, he'll do it. Um, and, um, but I think if you say, I think saying that it's just like, you're just pulling out of your ass. Like, I, like, I think if you're coming on and you're trying to like, if you want people to take you seriously, like in terms of an analysis, like you can't be saying that shit. Like, it's just like, it's just speculation. It's like, Oh, well, he must, the fastballs were down. So he was really nervous and he's missing the fastballs down. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> no, there's nothing to substantiate that. I don't know. So his velocity is down. So that's, I don't know, but that, that could be. That could be a reason for concern. Francona said there's another, that's, that's a legitimate fact. Um, Francona said that he doesn't, he's leaning towards not a six man rotation or six person rotation. Sorry. Um, uh, that's another legitimate fact or quote. Yeah, and Francona uh, said Quantrill's are, coming back to the rotation. So yeah, that's another yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make room for the Canadian boys there. Um, yeah, of course. So uh, I don't know. Like um, I think he's really, I think he's really good. I think he was really good coming into the year, but um there's definitely some some questions, just like you can find questions on anyone else. Like, am I going to spend like my last seventy five percent of my budget on him now and try to get him? Probably not. If I had, if I had good money, I'd probably. It's. I think it's all about uh, like how much money I'm willing to be working with rest of the year. So if I was in a main event, and regardless, I think. Gavin Williams is an asset to your team. So I'd want to, I'd want to have like 150 to 175 left. If I was going to be really making a, com- a competitive bid, which a competitive bid would mean something equal or greater than what I expected the market to be. So like, if I thought he was going to be 125, a competitive bid in my opinion would be over 125, yeah. regardless of what I thought it looked worth in your team. And if I was going to make that type of bid, I probably would want um, to be left with at least like $150 left. So it all, it's all working backwards from what, what you're comfortable working with the rest of the year and what you think it's, what you think's going to, what, what do you think that buying power is going to be with like the players you expect to um, uh, buy like story or whoever else is going to come up with whatever, whatever else is available in your league. I love it. That's a great, great way to break that one down. Cause that's been a tough, tough topic for some is how much money to have left on the table. So that's a good way to, uh, to look at it. Uh, Henry Davis, Pittsburgh pirates, one of their, their number one draft pick a couple of years ago, Gets called up. He's playing right field, though. He's a catcher playing right field. Added in, a, in 468 leagues, so he wasn't even added in every league, which is interesting. Um, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, $325 max, $1 men. He's playing right field every day, so you're going to get a catcher with every day at bats. Uh, there's some power. There's some speed. We've heard the Dalton Varsha comps that might be going a little too far, but still, you can see it. I can see yeah. the angle. Um, but he's, hit, he's in the lineup hitting third on Tuesday, so he's moving up the lineup. What's your thoughts on Henry Davis? Because if he does stick every day, there's no. Argue, it's tough to argue he'll potentially get more at bats than most catchers. 
well, Curlin added him in the main event, so he's a my main guy for Curlin. So obviously, um, that's huge. That's, Hashtag my main for the king. Gotcha. That's, ma- that's like that's massive in terms of like um, the global analysis for for Henry Davis. But um, <laughs> no, I really liked it because if you look at the the, the Pirates like lineup tracker on Fangraphs, like they don't they're, they're pretty like sporadic in terms of like yeah you got Marcano but he's like missing a day here and there they, he like up until five and, and I think until now they, they're playing him every day and not at catcher so he's not like I think that catcher is going to be for what's his face um search the e. Andy and, Rodriguez and, and, yeah he's going to be their catcher in the future obviously um well that's what it looks like um so he's playing the outfield he's an outfielder so he's like he's like an everyday outfielder so like I gotta be thinking like is he he might be valuable like uh, there's there's teams where I had two good catchers, but like is this guy like better than like some of my outfielders? Like, like once he gets outfield eligibility, which is soon, like, am I slotting him over like Jerks and Profar? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great um, question. Actually, like yeah. I'd say yeah, I'd say yes, probably, um, especially when he's not at home. Um, I'd probably say yes regardless. And there's probably a bunch of other examples you can use for that as well. Um, like Lars Newtbar, he's not playing like he's not like playing. Like, like Henry Davis may be better than him. So like what, like he becomes valuable, like as an outfielder potentially. Good point. So, so I think he's, I think, he, and, and he's a catcher, especially not like, I think that the fact that he's a catcher is, is increasing his market value, but I think his book value, like in terms of like what he's worth on your team might even be undervalued. I think people don't realize how valuable he is. Good point. Yeah, no, I, I remember last year recapping catchers. Uh, ben Tidd reminded us that, Varsho still was like a top 20, 25 player on Rasball Play Raider in the outfield. And yeah. so that shows you the value, the value, like the value that he can bring to the table. Again, I'm not trying to compare Davis to Varsho. That's not fair to the kid. It's but, not fair to, uh, it's, yeah, it's not for him. He's way better. Yeah, I think you're right there, too. I think there's much more <laughs> like. I think he might be a better real life player. Yeah, I, I think you're right there, too. Maybe it's not fair to Varsho to compare him to Henry better Davis. Better real life hitter. Yeah. A um, couple other ones here. Joey Votto, we mentioned him already. Uh, as high as 151, as low as a dollar, adding 437 leagues, just probably stashed a few places already. What are your expectations, I guess, for Votto the rest of the way? Because like, a lot of it's obviously health related, but what's your thoughts on him? I expect him to be dropped um, eventually by, by a lot of teams. I think they got Christian Encarnacion Strand coming up. They like Spencer Steer. They got a lot of chefs in that kitchen, first of all, and he was not doing well in the minor leagues. Um, yes, he has he get two home runs in one game, he has one home run. Is three total, but I think that inflated his cost a lot. Um, I think he's got the name value, but like I, I listened to him on the, he was on the, what's it called, the compound with Ian Happ. I listened to that podcast. I don't know if you heard of it, but yep. um, he was on that podcast like during the offseason, I think. And he was basically saying, like, yeah, I can't hit the ball hard anymore. Um, like, I, I have to rejig my approach because I'm not like my, the ball's not coming off my bat hard, hard anymore. So he's like admitting that he's like, not as good anymore. So I don't know what people are expecting him to be, especially when his value like comes from like his plate approach or it was, I guess he changed that up. But like from a fantasy perspective, like he's going to get, you know, steals. I don't know if he's going to hit for a good average anymore. He's probably so he's probably like going to try to sell out for power. Um, and then like he's playing, I think most days, I think he was off yesterday, but, and I think you'll see that he played every day before fab, but I think that's like, I like, $2, keep him honest on him. That's fair. I think I got him for like seven bucks in a league. I wasn't like going crazy for him. I'm like, oh, oh seven bucks. I can roll with him for a couple of weeks. See, yeah, see what we, I'd, like, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see him do. I'd love to see him do well. Yeah, like, Team Canada. Yeah, but, 
I, I like for seven bucks, I'm willing to take the chance of like, okay, if you can figure it out for a couple of weeks, sure, knock yourself out. So let's see what we can do. Um, just, I'm just throw some different names out here. Kenta Maeda was picked up in 182 leagues as high as 101. It was kind of an up and down roller coaster mess to start the year. Gets hurt. First start back looked good, but still, I'm not 100% sold on Kenta Maeda. What are your thoughts on Kenta Maeda? Um, well, um, I, I think he's a good ad uh, for now. I think like for what he cost for now, um, mm-hmm. but never, never Maeda. That's yeah. my motto. Um, never Maeda. Maybe in Fab um, if he's cheap enough. But um, looks like he'll he'll uh, go until um, you know Doctor Dave tells him he's going to get. Good doc. When does the Doctor Dave replace Mister Bjorn on the show as the MD of the crowd? As soon as, soon as he wants to. <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious. If you if if wanted to replace him, like, I'm right. not trying to say your show needs improvement because there's nothing that it needs improving on. It's amazing, but you know, Doctor Dave's in a, in a class of his own. So I was just, just curious. He he has a spot. He's he has a spot to um to take over whoever does the, the Bjorn thing. Like he he can have he can have the doctor spot. We'll give Bjorn another job. We'll give Bjorn like. Um, I don't know. Uh, what he's, do you, a jack, what, he's a jack of all trades. He can figure yeah, it out. Yeah, Bjorn could be like a fantasy. Like um, he can make projections and, and tell me how rookies suck. Yeah, maybe he's maybe he's our projections guru. Next. That could be a call. We can, we can we can put him into a projection um, yeah. thing, and then uh, yeah, Dave can be the doctor. That sounds like a great great idea. Uh, without going through the rest of the guys, because I want to get some listener questions and have some fun to wrap things up here. Um, what were some of your kind of most targeted players you were you either added or were trying to add this past week. This past week, um, fat Brandon Fat, um, just an obvious. Um, With Merrill Kelly going on the IL on Tuesday, that could be the calling you're looking for. Yeah, I just saw that before we uh, yeah. started recording. Um, that's that's a cha-ching. Like uh, mm-hmm. that guilds all the guilds is uh, shares he's been compiling that he's been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's good at that. Um, he's uh, those, those good. Like, but he's but the thing is, Fat's got to be good in the major leagues. We don't like we don't know for Bingo. sure. That's the thing, like with all these like rookie pitchers, like he was one of the he was one of the guys that was getting drafted along with um, Stone and Grayson Rodriguez. But I've, I've I've been I've been noticing like over the last couple of years, couple of years it's always like it, it, it's always better value in like the later prospect pitchers. Yep. Like I think we saw it with um, the year that um, what's his favorite? Ian Anderson ended up being good. Like mm-hmm. he was a pick five hundred. He was a pick five hundred, and all those guys like. Nate Pearson, Mackenzie Gore, all, all those guys. I think it was Spencer Howard. All those guys that were going early, like they net, like it, it's such a bigger bust when that when when you pick those guys rather than like there's always going to be like equal pitching. Like look at all the people coming up. So um, fat, I don't know. Like maybe he's just not going to his skills aren't going to translate in the majors. I guess he's doing good in the minors. But who else? Um, Hamilton on the on the Red Sox. Uh, um, I put in some uh, some smallish bids. I want to see what's going on with him, but he's got some lefties this week. But um, he could be good until Story gets back, playing time on Sherry. He's worth like a spec, uh, sort of like the Royals speedster guys. But I'm really interested in him and in in what he was doing in the minor leagues in terms of his power and speed. I think he's a little bit more than those. Uh, like if, if he puts it together, he could be like a little bit more than those Royals guys that we've been bidding on because he's got like, the power and the speed and the batting average in the minor leagues. Um, who else was I getting um, this week? Um, uh, like I got a last year, like I was stashing, trying to stash Riley Green and O'Neill Cruz where I could. Um, Speaking of yeah. stashing, while you're looking at that, you mentioned Grayson Rodriguez and Gavin Stone. Stone yeah. has not been great in the minors. Rodriguez looked pretty good. Are those guys you're looking to potentially stash? 
Yeah, Grayson okay. for sure. He's gone in all my leagues. Um, yeah. Grayson was another guy that if he was available, I would. I actually dropped him in some leagues, but at, like as soon as he started, as soon as he started getting better in the minor leagues, and they started fucking around with DL Hall, I'm like, okay, well, it's Grayson Rodriguez. I'm kind of upset that I dropped him, so I think he's going to be uh, a decent one for sure. All Riley, right. Riley Green looks like he's gone, like coming back to real uh, soon. Rehab assignment. So let's talk. Let's talk some uh, listener questions here so I can get you out of here. Sure. Um, Johnny L says, don't let this Main Street, mainstream DCN guy, pundit, ignore me. You got some beef with Big John Stud? Never. John, <laughs> John Stud is uh, one of my favorite people in the world. Never have any beef with him. Never never have. Uh, Big John is, a, is an electric factory. I love something kind of human. He's a human being. That's He's just, the best. He's yes. the best. Um, Dave Petroziello asks, and this is actually a real question. Doesn't, doesn't, didn't John have a question? That was the question. That's all I saw from John, unless I missed something, but I'll I'll scroll around some more. Uh, Dave asked, after his last four starts, is it unreasonable for me to hope for a 360 ERA, 115 whip, and a 10 to 5 K to 9 for the rest of the season for Detmers? Is it unreasonable for me to expect a team with Otani and Trout to score some runs when he pitches? (laughs) What part of the question are we? Um, so he, he wants to know: Is it reasonable, unreasonable to expect the production to continue for Detmers? Basically, this is Detmers. Yeah, he's asking about Detmers. I think that like, did he talk about the uh, last four starts? He said, right? Yep. So I think his last four starts, he's been unreal. Um, and I think there's something with this slider that I saw. Yeah, it's picked up nicely. Uh, what is it here? He threw on 92 miles an hour yesterday. A slider. Yeah. I um he's been uh last cup last uh he's got like a 1.05 ERA and then his the thing with like over the last four starts his um his slider velo's gone down. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um so it's actually like he was actually sitting around 90 on average like throughout the year and now it like went down like 2 or 3 miles an hour during this like really hot stretch. I don't know, like if he's throwing it differently, but his swinging strike percentage on that slider is like pretty much the same. So I don't know, but like I think he's really good. Um, yeah. So I'm going to get point posted like a comparison with him and Strider. Um, I think like you can. Exp- I, don't, I don't know exactly. I can't. I'm not a projection boy, so I don't know. But I think he's really good. I think you're going to be happy with him. I think, I think I'd be happy to have him most of the year. Yeah, I, th- I think you'll be just fine with him. Uh, House Money says 16 team league weekly lineup block. Who do you prefer at shortstop moving forward, Volpe, Tovar, or Jeremy Pena? Um, I'll go Pena. Yeah, I was thinking Pena too. Tovar's been playing pretty well, though. I'll say that much, but Pena, yeah. yeah. And then second base, Cronenworth or DJ LeMahieu? Neither would come to my mind, but if you have to pick one. I have to pick one of them? Yeah, um, <laughs> probably Cronenworth because he plays every day. But both, They're both dead, aren't they? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I would be I'd be looking at the waiver wire, but yep. um, at like uh, I'd be looking to try and get someone to replace them. But yeah, Cronenworth be better. Uh, Trevor Tipton asks if you were entering a tag team event with a twenty five thousand dollar entry, who is your partner and why? Um, I would be taking like someone that wouldn't. So you're on your own. You you want their money to get out of my way. Like I would take someone. (laughs) Actually, I would I would choose Bjorn. There you go. Yeah. That um so that somebody that uh, would be like sort of like a a silent a silent partner. 
That's a smart move. Smart move. Um, Mike Curlin says, if you don't find it helpful, then why do you do it weekly as a write-up or go on pods based on your weekly write-up article? <laughs> because I don't want to help people. I want. I actually want people to get uh, very frustrated and think that the fantasy baseball community is negative, so they'll quit their leagues and you can win some money. Oh, shit. Johnny L does have a question. I haven't sc- I didn't scroll down far enough. Uh, long-time tweeter, third-time asker, do you allow yourself to keep increasing bids all the way up to 10 p.m. fab, or do you set it and stand pat? I set it. I don't really, I don't really tinker with it much. I'm in too, I'm in too many leagues. I barely get it finished. I don't have time. I, to I, yeah, so I think I don't think you have a lot of time to keep running through stuff all day. No. Um, can you both sum up Mike Curlin in six words or less? King. Future main event champion. There you go. Oh, that's you're such a nice guy. What does Rick Poundstone smell like? Oh, I didn't see that question. Um, <laughs> mayonnaise. Sounds about right. Uh, Dan Strafford asks, at what point in fantasy baseball season is it most reasonable to fully give up across all teams no matter how they are doing? Right now, fucking quit. Go ahead. <laughs> what do I care? <laughs> yeah, Anthony Gialdi says, do you ever get tired of the negativity on Twitter or just want to quit fantasy? <laughs> no, I, I, I never get tired of the neg- negativity, actually. I, I know what he's referencing, too. Oh, so do I. That's why I laughed earlier when you said it. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I think I think we should increase the negativity so people in my main event leagues can just uh, not do fat and disappear. just like, be, be tweeting about pickle jars instead of doing fat. Todd Whitestone says, Zach, tell us what your fat process is for the last hour before bids lock. You've got a preliminary bids entered, but what are you checking and doing as the clock winds down? So what I do, what I do do, uh, because I don't have much time at the end, is like for example, this week I knew I wanted to dump on my Louis Varland shares. So what I do is I, I, I look at my, I search my teams. I say, okay, how many of these leagues I believe are in? And then I do a control C uh, on the on the main fab page where you see all of your bids. And I make sure I count that I've dropped them in all the leagues that I have them in because I don't want to get stuck with these players that are just useless to me or like a player that's like out for the year. I want to make sure that, A, how many teams do I have? And am I dropping them on all the teams? Do a quick control so I make sure that I have uh, them in all my, like, uh, drop cues nice makes tons of sense and the louis varlin drop that was a fun one if you talk to curlin which i know you do so you're you're well aware of that one we're gonna wrap it up there that's the end of, i think that's the end of the questions i was surprised i was really expecting a lot more from the goofy side of the world and they kind of came in late i was waiting for many more but uh fun show i love chatting with you i told you before the show i enjoy picking your brain because uh you you're very you're quiet with the knowledge depth that you have, if that makes sense to anybody. It's uh, it's yeah. starting to come out in your weekly article, but it's it's really fun because, you know, when I first got to know you, I was like, oh, this guy just drafts a lot. He's a goofball. But then you get to know <laughs> the guy, and it's like, no, he's having fun, but he's smart and doing well at what he does. So there's a, dif- there's a difference there. And that's why I enjoy chatting with you and uh, joking with you on Twitter and everything, chatting with you here and having a good time. So um, appreciate you for joining me. We'll do it again sometime. Thanks, Bubba. All right, everybody, make sure you check him out on Twitter at Zach Wax, Mr. Zach Waxman. This is Bench with Bubba, episode 595. Catch you all next time.
one way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.